0: has it, gives to Franklin, he no, dies no, I don't think no, he got it, I no. don't think Ball's he got out. it, the ball, ball is out, Ball's the Bengals out. have scooped Ball's it up. Burrow bouncing in the pocket, his throw caught at the 10 yard line, T night, Higgins night. straight into the end zone, touchdown Bengals, it's a T. D.
1: Hello and welcome to episode 138 of Cincinnati, the Bengals UK podcast. My name is Paul Hirons. Welcome to another instalment of Nonsense Talking. Uh, and to uh, to do some Nonsense Talking with me is my partner in crime, Nathan Palmer. Hello, Nathan.
2: How are you doing, my son, on this fine Monday in August?
1: Uh, we've got some nice weather. I don't know what it's like down there in London, ye old London, but it's nice up here in the uh, in in the Midlands.
2: Yeah, it's quite pleasant down here. Nothing too exciting, but you know it's uh, yeah. yeah yeah the sun's sort of creeping out.
1: Sun's out here. I uh, managed to find some Manabria, and uh, I am drinking that while I talk to you. How exciting is that?
2: Oh, mate, it's amazing. It's back on my, thought I said last week, it's back in the shop on my high street. I'm a very happy man. So, uh, Mm. yeah, I'll be well lubricated for the foreseeable future.
1: Excellent. Um, In today's programme, we have a chat with outgoing Inquirer uh, and uh, Bengals Beats podcast um, uh, host, Lindsay Patterson. Now, long-time listeners will know that Lindsay was one of our first ever guests on this little podcast. Uh, so when she announced that she was taking a step back from covering the Bengals in various uh, forms, um, I thought it was only right that we should have her on again. So so lovely Lindsay is coming up in a little while. We're also going to speak to one of our own flock, uh, Duncan Price, uh, Dastardly Duncan, you may know him from... Twitter. uh, We'll be on to talk about our fanzine, You Don't Live in Cleveland which is uh, gathering pace and he's going to be talking about that. So a packed show and and yet we've got to talk about really first things first, the defeat to the Washington football team on Saturday night. Nathan um, the defeat doesn't really matter, the score doesn't really matter but performance does and uh, the performance of one particular person is getting a lot of lot of, a lot of, a lot of, a lot, a lot of chat at the moment. And that is Jamar Chase. And it uh, we have to start there, really. I know everyone's probably talked out about it. But uh, your thoughts on Jamar?
2: It is a little bit concerning, isn't it? You don't want to go mad and start panicking by any means and talking about John Ross and busts, which I've seen people talking about, which is a bit mad. But it is concerning because you want him to be coming out all guns blazing. You want him to be in sync. You want him to be ready to go for week one. And someone like Jamal Chase could come out week one against the Vikings and put up 150 yards and two touchdowns and it would be hilarious. And I wouldn't rule that out. But Obviously, when someone's struggling, it wasn't just in the game against the football team either. There were uh, reports coming out of camp yesterday that he had a couple of drops, one of which that led to an interception from Von Bell. So I think for his from his end, it's a confidence issue. Obviously, he's not playing all of those reps with Joe Burrow. He's swapping between Burrow and practice. Obviously, he's getting Brandon Allen in the preseason, which probably isn't helping him. So... I'm not worried long-term at all. A guy doesn't just forget how to catch the ball. You know, He was an absolute stud at LSU. He'll iron that out and fix that out. I think once he gets into the regular season and has a couple of big catches, he'll be okay. I'm more just concerned that as I've said a million times, we need to start hard and fast. And I think the lack of game um, time with Joe Burrow is not ideal. And I think the fact that he's in a bit of a flunk at the moment, again, is an ideal for us to be sort of full firing strength for that first game against the Vikings, which is going to be an important game. So what did you make of it, my friend?
1: Yeah. So just, just to recap three targets, three drops against uh, Washington, the WFTs and, um, yeah, I mean when you see it, it's a bit concerning I think. You just hope it doesn't become a mental issue or a mental block. Now, again, it's as you said, it's far too early to be talking about, you know, this and that and uh again, I know that lots of Bengal's Twitter are going into full fatalistic mode and kinda of saying, Oh, woe is me, what have we done? Jamar Do Chase is a bust and you know, that's plainly ridiculous. Um so, yeah, I, I just think he's got to, what they're doing at the moment, which is stripping, by the looks of it at least, again, very difficult for for us to um, know what's exactly going on behind closed doors and what they're doing to fix it. But if I were a coach, I mean, I'd be just stripping everything back to basics, which I think is happening, you know, just, just tossing the ball, getting him lots of touches away from the main group and then easing him into the main group and doing that and just, getting him touches the ball all the time, you know, just to kind of get that muscle memory back again, that confidence back. And like you say, once he catches a few, even in practice, you'd hope that um, things start to roll again. I do think the performance on Saturday night was mitigated by Brandon Allen. Um, I think he played pretty poorly. He didn't look in sync with any of his guys, really Um, was kind of off target quite a few times um so that didn't help you know the ball being thrown slightly behind chase and whatnot but every every target that he had he should have caught really let's face it they were kind of pretty you know standard nfl quality uh pass and catches really so i'm not worrying yet but um i think it's going to be interesting going forward but you know what i was thinking about this today um you know jamar chase to me was kind of a bit of a luxury pick just to kind of tip that dangerous uh, offensive unit into the stratosphere and that's hopefully what's going to happen in time but the fact of it was he, he was a bit of a luxury pick wasn't he did you think that do you think he was a bit of a luxury pick
2: um i know what you mean because obviously you've got t higgins um and tyler boyd there But I did think there was a gap, whether it needed to be a number one you know in a first round top 10 pick probably not that's probably the luxury of it but we did need a wide receiver because behind those two you're digging down into Alden Tate who as glorious as he looks when he makes these one-handed grabs and these contested catches he's he cannot create separation and I just long term don't think he's the guy you need one out there as your sort of number two or three guy mm. um and behind that you've got Mike Thomas who's again very much sort of a back of the roster type of guy he probably makes the roster but he's never going to uproot any trees so I do think there was a definite need for a receiver. I think, I'm, again, we're not second-guessing the chase pick now, but I did think you probably could have filled it in free agency. Um, there was always that chat, Kenny Golladay, you could have gone and brought him in, and then it would have freed you up a bit in the draft. But Corey Davis, I, think,
1: I was a big fan of Corey Davis Yeah, as well. exactly.
2: I, I think that could have certainly, you know, the Bengals have got for him, that could have been done, and you didn't need to necessarily address that. But again, chase has got huge potential. I think... The, He's struggled, but what worries me more than him struggling, and I really hope he can get some great reps in the next preseason game, the final preseason game against Miami, get some more reps, get a few catches under his belt, maybe get a touchdown or something else, just to give him a bit of confidence going into the regular season. But what worries me more than him is the offense in general. I just think it's not just been a sort of a one-off or two-off thing now. It's been multiple occasions. I think in both preseason games, it's not been ideal. I think the third team's looked all right. Like Jacques Patrick's been playing well. He's been running hard, but he's the third string, fourth string, fifth string running back going up against third string defenses when You know, it's not really anything that exciting. I mean, the total, you know, the whole game against the the football team, we had 103 yards passing, um, and it was a real hard watch at times. And I I just worry that that first team unit hasn't had any reps against a proper team. When they have had reps against our defense, and our defense has been fantastic. So, you know, you give credit where credit's due. They've really struggled as well. Mm. So. Like I said, we need to come out all guns blazing in this first game, and uh, it, it's not filling me with confidence. It's, it's also not filling me with a ton of confidence. The running game hasn't looked great with the first team. Like Mixon and P. Ryan, they had four carries um, with the first team offense, but for seven yards. I think Mixon had one carry last week for two yards. P. Ryan has not particularly lit the preseason up at all. So. As much as we haven't given up a sack and a few people are sort of throwing that stat around and sort of the offensive line looks like it might have improved, which is a fair point. I just, in general, I'm a little bit concerned that we don't look... I don't know it's just pre-season, but I, between that and camp, it is a little bit worrying, you know.
1: Yeah, I know what you mean. But again, it's it's just because I think the first team haven't played. You know, Borough's not been out there. Mixon's not been out there. You know, it's been difficult to get any sink or rhythm it's not just us that's looking like that but a bunch of teams out there this is the way we've chosen to go and I, what i wanted to say about chase before i get back to the offense is that i think i think really we should be viewing him at the moment as a third receiver who can come on and make some plays who will you know just to give him some time to settle in get his footing and and a lot of people will be shouting at me going yeah but we drafted him number 5 he should be wide receiver one or two you know come on it's and i'm i'm I think that will happen in future, but at this time, the point I was making was I thought it was quite a luxury pick because we, as you mentioned, we've already got T Higgins and Tyler Boyd on the roster. Now, those two guys should be viewed, in my opinion, at this moment in time as wide receiver one and two. And I think Chase is going to play that third receiver role, or at least I think perhaps he should do. Just to get take the pressure off him, just to kind of uh, get his feet under the table, or more importantly, get his hands under the table, get his hands right. Someone mentioned on Twitter the other day that imagine if Jamar Chase had uh, Alden Tate's hands, that would be quite something, wouldn't it? Really, but uh, yeah, I that that's going to be my personal approach to Jamar Chase as he settles in. I want the pressure to be taken off him. I want him to go out and kind of do the basics, strip it back down and do the basics, rep after rep after rep, and let T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd kind of almost take the slack, really. And uh, until that time that Chase feels comfortable and he's got his confidence back, and I think that will happen at some point. But we all know that however high you're drafted It doesn't guarantee success in the NFL. Some players take a little bit longer to get there than others you know, and Jam- especially
2: receivers as well. They yeah. have historically in year one struggled a bit to figure out the play, but you've also got to remember that Jamar chase took last season off, yeah. which is a real shame how that all works with the contract situations. And the, you know, obviously you completely understand it. If he plays last season and completely tears up his ACL and MCL, he might lose $20 million. So you, you can understand why college athletes, you know, do are hesitant to do stuff like that. But obviously for him taking a year off, he's still a very young lad. He's not played too much professional, um, or even collegiate football, so you, know, you can imagine it's going to take him a bit of time to get back into the swing of things. And I, like you said, it, we don't necessarily, um, you know, we don't need him to be that number one or two guy. You're, I, completely, I think you're bang on when you say, look, we can, you know, he can be a third, um, a number three receiver out there. And what a number three receiver, hopefully, he'll be.
1: You want you want AJ Green type numbers. You want 50 catches or so a season, a few more targets than that. You want like seven, 800 yards. To me, that's always a solid, solid season for a receiver. And if he gets anywhere near that or above that, I think that's kind of fair enough. And then hopefully, you know, he will improve as the season goes on. That's that's really the hope, isn't it? Um, just moving on to the offensive line, I do think they've improved. I have to say, I've been watching the film that Bengal Sands has been putting on uh, Twitter and uh the videotape of uh, that uh, Matt Minnick, our old friend Coach Minnick, has been putting on, and there's some good stuff there. I have to say, they look more mobile. Uh, guards are pulling a hell of a lot more. Uh, Michael Jordan looks improved. Uh, Deontay Smith, we know that he's had a tremendous camp and is playing well in um, in uh, in the preseason. Riley Reef looks like a good signing. Jonah Williams handled Chase Young uh, last week. I know, again, only pre-season, but Chase Young, man. And we all know what happened in the game last uh, season. Um, The Bengals' starting line have given up no sacks, no quarterback hits and no quarterback pressures. And the backups have given up one sack and three quarterback pressures, uh, which is pretty great, actually. That, that has to be improved. We'll see what happens in the regular season. It's a whole kettle of different kettle of fish, obviously. Um, but it's certainly encouraging. And I, I like the fact that people like Michael Jordan, Isaiah Prince, Fred Johnson as well against uh, Washington are just finishing blocks like they're killing people. They just keep on doing it. And that's what was really missing last year and the year before. They only got to a certain level and they just didn't seem to finish their blocks. And now they're like kind of bulldozers, you know what I mean? Yeah, I agree though, the running game uh, blocking could be improved. But in pass pro, which is what we all kind of wanted an improvement in it's certainly trending in the right direction i think I, i'm 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 impressed i have to say
2: i also think it's a addition by subtraction with bobby hart going i think for him <laughs> being the <laughs> so, starter yeah. at right tackle i mean you can look at all the pff stats and cite his improvements or whatever last year but i think even from a leadership perspective i think losing him i think is going to improve the chemistry on that line um obviously frank pollock i mean frank Pollock has, had every positive headline in the world written about him, said about him. Everyone seems like they're very excited about what he brings to the table. It seems like the guys um, are really sort of embodying his approach and taking on his learning side. So yeah, I do think it's looked better. Again, it's pre-season. you don't want to go too crazy, but um, that's one area I think that we'll be better off certainly when we take on the Vikings in Week One.
1: Mike Jordan, for instance, who you know he's been through a hell of a time, and that the whole fact that he was the man beaten. By the player who who kind of fell into Joe Burrow's knee last year, must be playing really really heavily on his mind. I, I, think, he, I think I think Paul Dana Junior did a terrific piece talking to Mike about how he feels the guilt and the, and you know the the terribleness he felt after that. And but he's you know he's worked with Willie Anderson in the off season and through two preseason games. PFF had graded him 85.5 pass blocking and 82.2 on true pass sets. No quarterback pressures allowed. I mean, absolutely, what a a great story that would be. You know, when that first depth chart came out uh, and Mike Jordan was listed as starting right guard, you know, I think people were ready to jump off uh, the nearest bridge, you know. um, But... You Know that would be a tremendous story if uh if Mike could turn it around, and I hope he does. I he's our player, you want him to do well, right? So, um, I think he's got all the potential in the world. I really do like Deontay Smith as well. I know I said it last uh, week. Um, let's move to the defense. Um, actually, before we do that, let's bring in Duncan Price because, uh, as I mentioned at the top of the program, um, Duncan is producing a fanzine, a printed fanzine. Uh, that you can get delivered to your home or your cabin uh, or wherever you live in, in the UK, um, shed perhaps even, um, he's going to produce fanzine. One of those old school fanzine that you used to get outside your football grounds for 50p, a couple of quid, whatever. And we're going to do one for, for the Bengals. And Duncan is uh, sorting it all out. So let's bring in Duncan to talk about it. Duncan, uh, hello
0: hello paul how you doing man i'm good thank you very much always the better for speaking to you oh shush you shush um (laughs) now um
1: you're the brains behind uh you don't live in cleveland and um it's going to be part of our little arsenal of things uh that we're doing this year um do you want to talk us through how did you get the idea and what what can people
0: expect Uh, Well, the idea first came to me. I noticed that there was a Bengals magazine produced. um, I think it is produced in the United States, but it's in Spanish. Um, And that kind of, I don't know why, but that triggered in my mind the thought of uh, would something work over here, magazine work over here? Obviously, you know, we speak in English, so that helps. Um, But uh, obviously I knew it wouldn't be able to be something that would be mass produced. It needed to be something that was kind of, quite quintessentially british so that's where the idea of a of a fanzine sort of came along from there really
1: and i think you were referring to actually the la jungla hispania guys who are actually spanish in spain and i think they do this oh they are yeah Yeah. they do this magazine as you say every year so but it's a fanzine and you know everyone knows kind of what a fanzine is but um uh, you get them, you know, in the punk movement and, but over here, they're, they're kind of m- more synonymous with music and sport, aren't they? And um, I remember, you know, if you go to soccer matches over here, you can always pick up an independently produced kind of uh, fanzine outside the grounds produced by the fans for the fans to coin that old favorite f- phrase. Um and is that is that the intention here, you know, to 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 produce something that's independent in feel uh, and kind of not necessarily um,
0: rudimentary
1: in design,
0: but kind of a bit rough
1: and ready, a bit sort of independent, a bit that kind of feel to it. Is that is that the plan?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you hit the nail on the head there where sort of by the fans for the fans sort of thing. So. Um, people who are looking for sort of a ESPN the magazine, you know, UK version, i probably be a little bit disappointed. Um, but yeah, it's that kind of grassroots movement that, you know, um, getting the word out about, about certain things, certain opinions, you know, and allowing fans to have their say without the filter of, you know, an organisation was perhaps the the original intent of fanzines was to, you know, garner support and and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's very much by the fans for the fans. All the all the writers are fans, and they've all done it, you know, voluntarily um, to support the product and everything. So, yeah, it. Uh, we just hope it will sort of catch on and and gain a good readership, and it will become sort of somewhat of a cult thing between the fans. You know, get your copy this quarter and um, and read the opinions of some other like minded folks in the UK. Really.
1: And you mentioned it's, uh, it's a quarterly thing. So tell us when the next one, the first one is due to come out. And again, what can people expect to see in it?
0: Yeah, so we, we thought of quarterly because we don't want it to become something where people have to uh, really factor it into a, into a budget. We wanted it to be something you can pick up, you know, every three months or, or however exact that may be for a few pounds. Um, you know, nothing too serious and everything. So that was kind of the thinking behind the the quarterly cycle. And also there are points in this football season where not a lot happens and things. So, you know, producing a quarterly uh, fanzine sort of seemed a bit over the top, really. So, yeah, that that worked for us. Um, in terms of inside the magazine, it's going to be very much a mixture of sort of opinions of the fans that that are writing the pieces. Mixed in with some more sort of, you know, jovial, jokey things, some... Uh, you know some funny adverts we've got a limerick in the first issue Um, we've got uh, Bengals top 10 um, you know countdown of of music so it's music puns and things so a little bit of everything really but the main chunk of it will obviously be you know the the articles themselves but hopefully there'll be something in there for everyone really.
1: It sounds like the kind of fanzine that you'd get outside a football ground, for, as I say, for a couple of quid, and I'm delighted that we're doing it. It's, uh, I'm a big fan of fanzines, and uh, I think they've got real value. How can people get hold of it? Because you've taken the decision to kind of limit the uh, print run for the first one, which you know I think that's a, a good idea. Uh, but There are still a few left, so if, if, if fans want to get hold of it, how do they do so?
0: Probably the best way at the moment is to jump on Twitter and search uh, at Bengals Fanzine. Um, we do have links for payments, and um, there is a, a sort of a rudimentary website up where you can kind of go through and make your payments and things. Um, but probably the easiest way, as I say, is to is to jump on uh, Bengals Fanzine uh, on Twitter, and then all the links are there in the bio and everything, and um, obviously on the on the actual uh, page itself. So.
1: Great stuff, Duncan. Well, thanks for putting it all together. I can't wait to see it, and I uh, hope you guys out there can't wait either. But uh, we'll have you on again, Duncan, to chart progress and see how it's going. But uh, until then, Duncan, thank you so much. Thank you, Paul. So there we go. That was Duncan. Um, you can get Duncan on Twitter at DastardlyDuncan.
0: Solid handle.
1: I know that, uh uh, we're only doing a smallish print run to begin with just to test the water and uh, I know that things are selling out fast. So if you do uh, actually know it, you can get in touch with Dassily Duncan, but um, uh, he did mention a Twitter um, feed and it is, just bear with me, it is um, at Bengals Fanzine. That's quite nice and easy, isn't it? Go there and uh, on his... Feed. There will be um, details on how to order it and it's only like a couple of quid per uh, issue and it's going to happen quarterly and we're not making any money. We're just c- covering costs. It's an unofficial obviously um, product uh, so it should be a lot of fun and should hopefully add to your uh, Bengals fan experience. <coughs> Right, where were we? Defence. Uh, some bad news this week. We thought Joseph Asai had a bad wrist, but it turns out he's got a knacked knee. Where have we heard that before? He's torn his meniscus and he's out for the season, by all accounts. That was a bit of a shock, really. I thought he was going to be ready for week one, sorting out his wrist, but actually, it's his knee that's all over the shop.
2: Oh. Yeah, it, it, we don't have much luck with the rookies do we, you go back to William Jackson and his rookie year, Jonah Williams I know there's a load more but a real shame because I mean he, <laughs> the thing with Joseph Asai is like he was a third round pick, a lot of the time you don't have that much excitement around a third round pick it's sort of not the first thing on your lips but he was a good steal in the third round I think he was your, you picked him to be the guy to watch out for this year, a few people have been very positive about him, there's a couple of reports he could have even got in round one He's having a very good camp, and he absolutely smashed it in that first preseason game and looked fantastic. He got sack of Tom Brady. I think he got something like four or five pressures in his twenty-two snaps. Everyone raving about the geezer. Probably the, the you know the MVP of that preseason game. Yeah, right. And then obviously the wrist injury comes out, and you think, oh, that's annoying. It's going to keep him out for maybe a month or so, and you know but he might be back for the opener. Fine, fine, fine. And obviously now this has come out about the knee, and it's just. Ah, it's just such a shame, in it because I think for him you just want the you want obviously the, the that momentum of like you you know you started on a high you want to just keep that going and we need that pass rush depth as well that's the key thing there you know we're losing yeah. him as a key piece of that depth and the rotation and I just. Yeah, it's gutting, man. I mean, it, you're gonna. You, I mean, you're always gonna lose someone. You know, there's enough people on the team that we have to accept. We've actually been fairly. I hate to say this now because you don't want to jinx it, but we've been fairly okay after two preseason games and a decent chunk of camp to not get anyone. You know, big go down. We, you know, we haven't got anything crazy. We Haven't got an AJ Green type of injury. That we had the season before. You know, your star receiver's gone or anything like that. So this is the first real one of no, and it's it's a real real shame. Um, and I wish him all the best in his recovery. I know he'll work hard and come back and hopefully we'll see the best of him um, in pre- you know in camp next year in pre-season and then he moves on from there. But just a really gutting injury, I think, overall. Yeah.
1: Yeah, there's no more words to add. I mean, come on. Football gods, shine a light on us instead of crapping on us and crapping on our duvets and faces all the time. <laughs> it's not fair and he was sensational in that first um, preseason game wasn't he and you just hoped that he he would be the answer he would be the new Carl Lawson but more durable
3: yeah. and
1: look what happens step forward cam sample that's all i'm saying i mean the the yeah. idea i think the bengal's had was to kick him inside a little bit and and kind of use him in a as a kind of defensive tackle a pass rushing defensive tackle maybe a three technique actually um and then out wide, uh, rushing the passer. But I tell you what, um, I thought he was the guy that really stood out to me on the defense. On him and DJ Reader, I thought Reader was tremendous in the snaps that he played on Saturday night, and I think he will be such a huge addition uh, to yeah, that I mean, not just run defense, because I think he's going to be—he's basically a, a kind of a—he doesn't get many sacks, but he's—he's—he's he's, he's a disruptor. Do you know what I mean? The disruptor. And I really yeah. think that he's going to be good. And Ogan Joby next to him is going to have some fun, I think. And good to see o- that. Ogan being...
2: Joby's the interesting one, isn't mm. he? I've, there's mm. been a lot of people talking about him being a bit of an animal in training camp. And I know he missed the first bit. It was, he had a little bit of a nick and he was sort of held out. But people before that were saying, look at the size of the geezer. Like He's apparently in incredible shape. He's been working hard. And there's been a lot of really positive reports um, at a camp about him. So I'm mm. excited to see what he brings to the table in the regular season because him and Reader could be a bit of a force in the middle there. Yeah, I think, absolutely. as you said quite rightly, about Reader being one of those guys. Obviously, he missed a, a large portion of last season. But if he's the guy that was at the Texans the, uh, the season before, I mean, he, he's playing at like a Pro Bowl level at the nose tackle position. Mm. So, you know, he, that would be an enormous addition um, to our defence and would help sort of make up for you know, the loss of a sigh on the edge, um, you know, to put a bit well, of pressure Well, also,
1: on. also uh, another guy that played very well, again, was undrafted free agent Darius Hodge. And I think, you know, what an opportunity now for him uh, as well. He was getting uh, to uh, the passer, not just in against the seconds, but also in, I think he had some reps against the first and he, he was causing some problems. So I think, you know, a lot rests on Sample and... Uh, hodge but we've also brought in Noah Spence as well we've signed the, the former new orleans defensive end so we'll see what he can do he's a second rounder i think uh, kind of blighted by a few issues and injuries but if he can do a job for us you know in the rotation that's that's great uh, but a shame a real shame for joseph uh, asai uh, another guy that i wanted to talk about was Evan mcpherson once again he's it's just so nice having a kicker that you kind of feel confident with it like around the 50 yard line isn't it
2: I mean that that kick's still going, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I think we said that last week as well.
2: Yeah, I know. It's so it's mad. I mean, it's so it's down the middle. I mean, <laughs> it's not as much pressure obviously in the preseason. But I mean, he's been fantastic so far, I and mean, we we needed. Um, a weapon like that, that not only was accurate, you know, like Randy Bullock, to be fair to him, was fairly accurate, but you just worry with Bullock about his ability to kick from beyond 50 and also, crucially, what he was like when the game was on the line. Now, we still want to see what McPherson's got when it was a regular season game, there's seven seconds left and he's having to bang one from 50 then. You know, that'll really test yeah, his bollocks. Yeah, um, I think, yeah, for what we've seen so far, is fantastic. The thing that's intriguing me at the moment, there's a bit of chatter about this, and I think Zach Taylor, sort of, the other day, maybe tipped his hand a little bit sort of bigging him up, was Austin Seibert and if there's any trade value there, because yeah, yeah, yeah. The one thing with Austin Seibert that I was didn't realize until last week was he was a fifth round pick originally for the Browns mm, and you think mm. if you take a kicker in the fifth round that's a pretty serious investment in someone it's not like he was a an undrafted th- free agent that sort of stuck at a camp and you know didn't really have anything before that I mean they obviously thought thought very highly of him he struggled a bit and they got rid of him yeah um but by all accounts he's had a very very good training camp as well and I mean I was the one in the offseason saying look don't even give McPherson any competition I don't want there to be any sort of you know controversy I want him to get all the snaps I want him to get himself right like we've drafted him let's stick with him let's not repeat the Jake Elliott Randy Bullock situation but I mean McPherson's been as good as he could possibly be I honestly don't think he's missed a kick even in um, practice maybe one Um, but Cybert's quite interesting now in terms of what you do with him because obviously are the Bengals realistically going to keep him um, on the roster no is the answer that they're not going to go with two kickers yes they can put him on the practice squad but then someone can lift him off there so I think the Bengals must be shy. I wouldn't be surprised if they weren't making a few phone calls saying, Look, this guy, you know, look at him in um, training camp. He's been fantastic. Here's what he's doing in the preseason. He's not missed a kick yet. That's why we're rolling him out and giving him some snaps. But it'd be quite interesting to see if we could pick up maybe, what, a sixth round pick or a conditional pick or something like that in the future. Yeah. Um, for his talent, that'd be fantastic.
1: No, I absolutely agree. Why not? Just, you know, you've got to generate. Uh picks while you can or even a player you know who knows uh yeah although, you know point, getting yeah. someone actually getting someone for a kicker of any uh you know imports would be quite difficult i think but yeah maybe a sixth or a seventh round in next next uh year who knows but um yeah i mean the offense was stodgy on saturday night there's no getting away from it it looked out of sync oh, yeah but i actually i do put that down to brandon allen a lot of it sorry brandon but i do um
2: what do you think of Brandon Allen son?
1: Um... Oh, he's I think he's earned the right to be back up. I don't think he's fantastic, but you know, we were all raving about him when I mean he started off horribly when he came in last but he got better as uh, you know as the games went on and he had that terrific game against Houston.
2: Yeah, I was going to say I had that one. So I, th- I think he's game.
1: absolutely earned the right to to be back up. Uh, I think they'll look at it next year. I I wouldn't be surprised. And there are still plenty of backups out there, you know. uh, Sorry, veteran guys out there that they can bring in if and when needed. So I'm I'm not too worried about him. I think think he's earned the right, though. Just as for now, I think he's earned the right to be backup. And it is only pre-season. And you hope that he's not going to be used that much this year. So... That's I think
2: they'll draft a quarterback next year in like the 5th or something like that. In the first round, offense. Nathan. Get another
1: first-rounder <laughs> in. That's what I say. Um, any other news? Geno Atkins is working out for the Seahawks. It's a bit depressing, isn't it, really?
2: Um, I'm really surprised the Bengals haven't thought about bringing him back. I really am.
1: I, think, I, I do think Zach probably just wants... That's it. He doesn't want any ties to the... Old team at all, and he just doesn't. He just wants his guys in. You know that's my feeling about it. Uh, It's a shame because I think you know when healthy, um, I still think he can be a valuable part of a rotation. Um, Be interesting if he does sign with the Seahawks. It'd be really interesting to um, to see what he gets and what he settles for contract wise. Speaking of contracts, we haven't spoken about Jesse Bates, but I don't really want to get into that. Really, I'm, I'm. I don't know, I feel as though it's all a bit talked out at the moment. I'm trying to focus on what's going on with the team. Are you?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's always... I I think they're a fair way apart. thing is, Jesse Bates, one thing, you've got to give some credit where it's due. He's been handled like a professional. He's not tried to hold out. He's not refused to train. He's been very, very, very professional about the situation, which is always encouraging. I think worst-case scenario, if they don't get a deal done and the season plays out, the worst-case scenario is the Bengals would franchise tag him. So you'll have him across the next season, almost certainly. Now, how happy he'll be with that remains to be seen. (laughs) But, yeah, I would would expect that that at the very least would happen and then the Bengals would have a decision to make um, the year after that. But... Yeah, I mean, you'd like to see a deal get done, wouldn't you? I mean, I think the Jamal Adams deal got done. It was a pretty sizable contract. I think it was $60 million or something like that for four years. I'm, I'm just throwing numbers around. I think that was roughly yeah, it. But- yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean the Bengals would have to pay him a lot of money, um, and I think. You know, it, has it, he has he earned it? I mean, he's a very good player. There's no doubt in that. If he he's has, a,
1: a, I think if he has a good year this year, I think he's earned it because then there's yeah, a, there's a he had decent that one sample.
2: year where he was a bit shit. Like yeah. it was the first year where he looked fantastic as a rookie and he really yeah. looked promising, and the year after that he was really off the ball and everyone was really surprised, wasn't sure what was going on, and then he had a good year yeah, last year. Yeah, He was sensational yeah, he was last very, year.
1: If he has another good year. Yeah if he has another good year this year, I think you've got a nice sample size there that you can kind of yeah, oh, for
3: you know, sure, yeah.
1: quantify. Um, but the thing is, I'll just leave it here because we could go on and on about this and it, and it goes into deeper discussions about how the Bengals like to, 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 to handle their business and so on. Jamal Adams got 38 million guaranteed and the Bengals do not do guaranteed money. That's all I'm going to say. That's, they just don't do it. So that, that I would assume, is the sticking point. That is the sticking yeah. point. It's not about how much you get a year. It's how much a player gets guaranteed. And the Bengals, for whatever reason, do not do guaranteed money. So it's... it's and I think um, Jamal Adams... Is this right? Jamal Adams and Jesse share the same agent? Or kind of... Jesse's got a very well he's got an agent that's well known for being very aggressive and uh, oh, really? yeah so mind you all agents are i suppose but this guy's got a particular reputation but anyway we'll see what happens we want jesse signed up and sealed for a number of years coming forward right it's time now to bring in uh Lindsay patterson okay as promised we have one of our favorite people in the world i think not just in bengaldom i think it's it's uh well, just to give you some context here, um, when we started around three years ago doing this podcast, that is, uh, Lindsay Patterson was one of the first uh, ever guests. And uh, we could never dream of having uh, someone like Lindsay on, but we dreams came true and we d- didn't disgrace ourselves, I don't think. And, um, uh, and in light of Lindsay's uh, announcement last week that she's going to be sort of stepping away from covering the bengals in a media context we thought it would be good to have lindsay back on because she's been on like four or five times i think so it felt it felt right to have lindsay back on so lindsay welcome back it's lovely to see you again
3: it is great to see you how are you doing
1: okay it's actually sunny here uh which is a bit of a novelty for this uh summer it's been Terrible uh, in lots of different ways, but the weather has just added to the uh, grimness of it all. But we're okay. We're we're looking for, we're back on the roller coaster. We're looking forward to to football being back. And um I wanted to ask you first and foremost. Um obviously we're talking about Jamar Chase quite a lot at mm-hmm. the moment. Are we right to? Are we right? I wouldn't say we're panicking, but we're right, are we right to sort of be talking about it. As much. How do you feel about the whole Jamar Chase situation?
3: here's what I think about preseason in general and look you can have an area of concern that is totally fine I think you look at a lot of the rookies who are out there right now and they're struggling and not to just point fingers because a lot of the talk was Jamar Chase Soul, but Soul is kind of dealing with similar struggles too I think you see that a lot with some of the rookies I think the area of concern can should be there but at the same time I take the preseason for what it's worth I want to see and obviously you can look at the training camp practices and even yesterday when they were on the field on Sunday Day. You know, he struggled a little bit. He had a couple drops out there. I think just getting that rhythm with his college quarterback, things are going to be okay. It might take a week or two in regular season, but I just have a feeling his confidence. As he gets into regular season, it's going to continue to grow. I think a lot of people forget the guy hadn't been on the field in almost 18 months in a football capacity. So I think just giving him some time in regular season, he's going to struggle. He'll have more drops in his first season. A.J. Green had drops in his rookie year. It will happen, but at the same time, I think the extra reps that Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase put in after practice, he'll continue to grow at that position. And he has guys like Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins, in the room and and Tyler Boyd one of the things that I always remember about him is he's always been a young leader in the wide receiver room because he's still pretty young right now but now he's a he's an older vet to some of those guys and he's always picked guys up and and you know, never let them get too down on themselves. So I think Tyler Wood's probably someone in the room and even T. Higgins is giving him some advice. So I think I you know, you're gonna look at the drops and that's fine to point out. If it's happening into regular season, mid regular season, yeah, I think that's gonna be a little bit more of a concern. But it's just gonna take a while for Jamar Chase to get back in rhythm and with his former college quarterback.
1: Well, that's kind of reassuring, Lindsay. I think I think most sensible Bengals fans feel that. But you can't, I guess, with, it's the hype, isn't it, that surrounds Jamal Chase. It's the, the LSU connection, the, the, the record-breaking numbers he put up in college, the relationship he has with Joe Burrow. Everyone wants it to click kind of straight away. And, of course, it's the NFL, and that sometimes doesn't happen, right?
3: i think a lot of people want to point at this decision i would say nationally locally i felt like it was 50 50 when it comes to the number five pick but i think nationally a lot of people want to point to it and be like you were wrong you didn't go offensive line and I mean we won't even get into offensive line right now in this question but I would say just give Jamar Chase some time and yeah he's going to struggle any rookie would but obviously he's someone who hasn't been playing for a while due to last season sending that one out and just kind of reconnecting with his quarterback and the NFL is a huge jump from college football so that will take a while and he will struggle in the NFL but he'll be fine I, I I'm not too concerned about it right now but I said you know as the season goes on if those drops continue yeah, that's something to keep an eye on. But as of now, I would say my concern level is not even at four out of ten.
1: Oh wow! Okay, <laughs> listen, listen to Lindsay Bengals fans. Um, okay, so just glossing over Jamar Chase. Um, uh, what? What else have you seen you've obviously been to some of the practices you've been hanging out at pbs again which must be great after everything that's been happening in the world um what's what's the feeling like there at the moment and, and what have you been impressed with i think all of us watching the preseason games and listening to people like you and reading uh reports is it's the defense that's kind of really stolen the show right
3: yeah, I think it's a really easy answer. You, you look at the defense, they've been the story of training camp, and they've also been showing it in preseason games. One of the things this team has struggled with is pass rush, and, and to finally see that is encouraging for this team. For Luana Rumo, if you look at what they've done the past two offseasons and even in the draft, they went really heavy on the defense, and they pretty much gave them – a lot of guys to work with, and I think you have guys like Sam Hubbard, um, even Trey Hendrickson. You want that to work out with the big money they spent in free agency. And I don't feel like Von Bell gets enough credit, and he's definitely been somebody who has stepped up too in the secondary. So I think with this team overall, they're showing in in training camp that it might be more than a story, and that's one thing that you know they've just struggled with in years past. They they haven't been able to get off the field. That's gonna help Joe Burrow in this offense, where you know you give them a little bit of a break out there, and uh, and, and maybe they and score some points and and stop the other team and get to the quarterback, which is, again, something that they've struggled with in past years.
1: Von Bell's interesting. I think he gets credit for one big play, and we all know (laughs) that play, (laughs) what it was. But I think you're right, and he certainly started off the preseason really well, I think. And um, um, so the Bengals, you're right in saying, the Bengals have completely gutted this roster and almost kind of – and it feels like Zach Taylor's team now. After two or three years of kind of transition, um, what are you expecting from the team this year? I mean, are they going to be okay? Are they going to be good, do you think? I know it's it's a silly, impossible question because, you know, we're, you know, we haven't even started the the regular season yet. And we've got one pre-season game to go. and, And it's all about guys fighting for their roster places. Right. So but what are you expecting in this season?
3: So they get one extra game this season, and a lot of people are pointing at Zach Taylor's future in Cincinnati if they struggle again and if he'll be here in 2022. The talks were not to jump ahead, but Joe Burrow's next contract are just right around the corner. And I think with this team, you're on a rookie deal, rookie quarterback deal, and you're building around him. You have the chance and opportunity to spend a lot of money on other pieces to build that team a lot of talk was 2022 that's when you can put this team back in the playoff conversation I think right now and this is going to be like a softball way around it but I would say that they I have them about seven wins but they are capable of 10 or 11 and a lot of people might say that that's very optimistic but I think if you would have had a healthy Joe Burrow last season they would have had more wins in those games and I think overall this roster is better than last year we talked a lot about how the defenses looked you know one of the things they're not getting enough credit is their offensive line right now I think Riley Reef is a huge addition at right tackle Jonah Williams has stepped up and if he can stay healthy all season you got your tackles right there for at least 2021 the guard position I know Xavier Sulafilo, Michael Jordan, they're, they're kind of competing against each other right now. Quentin Spain, I think he's going to be your left guard week one. They've been capable of, of stepping up. And, and if Trey Hopkins isn't ready for week one, Billy Price, they think you can plug him in for week one or week two whenever Trey returns. I still think Trey's going to be ready for week one. So I think their offensive line is capable of protecting Joe Burrow. So when you have all of those pieces, which have been a concern in years past and all of the weapons in the world, We talk a lot about the wide receivers, but a healthy Joe Mixon with Frank Pollock as the run game coordinator is going to be a difference maker. They've struggled with balancing the ball. They can throw it up, but they've got to learn how to run it, too. So if they can figure that out, I think it's a great combo offensively. And we've talked about the Jamar Chase struggles, but there are plenty of opportunities in the wide receiver room. I think Higgins is going to have a breakout year defensively getting to the quarterback. Their secondary is upgraded, and it is strong going into 2021. So overall, their roster is better than it was last season. And number one question, get Joe Burrow out there, have him stay healthy for a full season. I think this team is capable of 10 or 11, and I wouldn't be surprised. I don't think they finished last in their division. But I don't think postseasons in the cards this year. I think it's more of a conversation for the following year. But it's football; anything can happen out there, and I wouldn't be surprised either way.
1: Um, so you mentioned here against Von Bell, Joe Burrow, the guard positions, Riley Reif. Um, Who who the, give us a couple of players that you're most al- most excited to to watch this year? And for us fans, maybe under the radar players that. Um, we we should be excited about?
3: I don't know if it's going to be under the radar, but I would say Logan Wilson. Uh, I think when you go linebacker, you know, in last year's draft, they have a lot of young linebackers out in the room. Jermaine Praddy is going to be a vet out there. You're going to need those guys to really step up, and that's been a struggle in past defense for this team. I think when I think of the rookies of the 2020 class, T Higgins and Logan Wilson, which aren't under the radar and and not really answering your question right now. But those are two guys who I feel like are going to have breakout seasons for whole different reasons. I I think a lot, one of the questions I keep getting this offseason: which wide receiver is going to have the most yards, touchdowns, all that stuff. And I I think I put T Higgins out there Uh, for some reason. I think if he would have had the full season with Joe Burrow, we would have seen that he would have been in the conversation for the rookie of the year too. And with Logan Wilson, it's just year two for this guy. He learned a lot in year one, and and he's you know growing with this linebacker group. So not under the radar, but but I like those guys, and and I think credit to what this team did in free agency. When you look at the secondary right now, I think that's something that we're not paying enough attention to, and we will start to see that because a lot of the talk obviously was getting to the quarterback. Um, you know, to their defensive line struggles, offensive line struggles, and things like that. we're really going to see that with the secondary too and they're going to start to shine too so i didn't really answer your question all that much but um i i like Logan wilson as as the guy who who's you know maybe people aren't paying enough attention to
1: no i think that's a that's a great shout actually uh now lindsay uh, i know that you're in full reds mode and it's all fun and exciting over just just down the banks there and so thank you for switching to the to the bengals today and i can't resist asking you um Aside from meeting me in 2016 when he came to London and uh, your appearances on this podcast, what have been now you're stepping away from from covering the Bengals, um, what's been your most memorable Bengals moments over the years since you've been covering the team?
3: I think there's two. Um, the one I would start with is 2015. That season was unbelievable. Uh, that team, you know, honestly, if, if Andy Dalton doesn't get hurt in that regular season Steelers game, I think he would have been up for an MVP conversation and they would have found a way to get the two seed and they wouldn't have played Pittsburgh in that wild card game. So that game will always be a what if and it was just a fun season this team was so talented this the stadium was electric and i will not bring up the playoff game against the steelers because i know that was heartbreaking for a lot of fans but the season overall was really fun to cover um obviously getting to do beyond the stripe shows was really cool getting to know the players that's one of the things and reasons i got into media was sitting down with them and not talking X's and O's and just learning a little bit about them and I'll connect that with another experience that was really awesome was talking Corey Dillon into staying in town for an extra day when he was in town for the 50th anniversary. Um, everybody knows kind of his relationship with the Bengals and it's definitely better than it once was and having him just be an honest player and he's the reason I I wanted to work in football and, and cover this team. He was the guy I went to my first Bengals game back in 2000 with my dad. I didn't know a whole lot about Football. I grew up in a football family, and this guy just breaks the yard rushing record in October twenty second two thousand. And I was all in, and um, you know he made that team exciting, even though they lost a lot of games. And just getting the chance to meet him and talk to him about you know his time in Cincinnati, winning a Super Bowl with the Patriots, and I know that you know he he's excited to have that connection with the Bengals again. And I just think those moments were a lot of fun, and I'm you know really grateful I met. Some of the coolest people um, over eight years, I would say that the people on the beat, Paul Daner, Jay Morrison, Richard Skinner, um, all of those people are still people I talk to every day. And I'm so incredibly grateful for them as mentor- mentors. I call them Jim Osarski, Jim O, um, all of them. They have been so helpful and were definitely people that you know I, I told my decision to before I announced it. And... Um, they have my back all the way. And I'm extremely grateful for those guys who, who have, um, you know, just always been there and always been a part of the Bengals beat and always made it, you know, fun, no matter what was happening on the field. So it's um, it's, legit amazing humans who cover this team and I'm really excited to. as obviously this team was I was a fan of this team in the beginning I tried to not make it so uh you could tell I was still a fan and optimistic but now I'm excited to get back in the stadium and enjoy what they can do because Joe Burrow is bringing so much excitement to the city and you can really see it in the every day um when, when you bring his name up so I can't wait to see what he does I think he's going to be able to bring championship football back to Cincinnati so it should be a good time
1: Well, it's kind of bittersweet, really, isn't it? As I say, um, you've been one of our favourites, and you know you've been with us right from the start, really. So, thank you so much for all the support uh, and getting involved and being on the podcast and all all kinds of stuff. And of course, I was there at that Corey Dillon Beyond the Stripes. You were? I forgot. I
3: forgot you were there. That was. I was
1: there. That that was an amazing. I I had no idea that my visit would coincide with that fiftieth. You know? Anniversary, and there you walk in on your phone, just like seems to have about three phones going on your i
3: probably uh, the,
1: did. Uh, I probably go, and it's like Lindsay, 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 and uh, just meeting Coy Dillard and Willie Anderson and all those guys during that weekend was such a treat. So, thank you for being part of my personal memories and and kind of cool moments. But of course, this is not goodbye, Lindsay, is it? I'm sure you're yeah. gonna you'll be active on Twitter. You're more than welcome to come back on this podcast whenever you whenever you bloody please, really. Um, but in the meantime, just thank you so much for all the work that you've done, making uh, fans, speaking specifically from fans, you know, thousands of miles away. You've made it such a pleasure to be a fan because of, you know, all the guys that you mentioned coverage and, and you've been part of that as well. We're very spoilt as Bengals fans with really good coverage. so And you've been part of that. So thank you so much for all the work and uh, we won't get teary now, um, but we wish you obviously all the best for the future and uh, we will be staying in touch.
3: No, and thank you guys so much. I think Bengals fans are doing a hell of a job over on podcasts and blogs and pieces, and it's been one of the coolest things to see over the last couple of years. I know it keeps growing and I can't wait to see more. And two people i forgot forgotten, I know I forgot a whole bunch of other people, but Dan Horde and Dave Lapham are other, you know, just amazing humans. We are so lucky but they are in charge of the broadcast in Cincinnati because they are amazing at their job. So, you know, you guys keep killing it. I'm going to continue to listen to the podcast. I can't wait until you come back in the next game in London. I'm just going to have to make that trip as a fan and, and, and go watch this team. So here's to some playoff wins and um, exciting football.
1: Absolutely. Thanks again, Lindsay. We'll speak to you soon. See you later. There we go. That's Lindsay Patterson. And obviously we wish her all the best. And it's kind of quite fun reminiscing Uh, about her time on the Bengals beat and she has been kind of a constant really for eight years and that's a long time to be covering uh, a team and it's nice to hear some of her memories and as I say it felt like nice symmetry for us at least uh, to have her back on we had her when we started and now we have her when um, when she's finishing up so uh, it felt it felt like the right thing to do and once again we can't thank uh, Lindsay enough for all the support that she's given us over the years, always fantastically supportive and uh, we wish her well uh, for whatever comes next. Um, but good, good to hear from Lindsay again. Now let's get to uh, correspondence. Um, uh, we are at two day underscore UK uh, on Twitter. Bengals UK on Facebook. Uh, Memphis soul, Stewart Stuart bears six, eight, eight. Is it true? You can't melt a flake. You guys talk about chocolate a lot, so I thought I would ask. Um, I don't know, Stuart. Um, You must be able to. It must have the same uh, chemical molecular makeup as other (laughs) chocolate bars. So um, I think that might be an urban myth, but I've never heard that urban myth before. I'm going to try it tomorrow, Stuart. I am going to buy a flake and I'm going to try and melt it, either in the microwave or in a saucepan
2: a premium content that is.
1: I know. I might film it. I might live stream it. You never know. I mean that's what put, I might put it behind a paywall because that people would pay to see that, <laughs> wouldn't they? Sam Reeve at Johnny Prong. Um Solid sort handle. Of is it worth the gamble putting Joey B and Chase in for the Miami game for a couple of plays? Nice zippy passes and clean catches and everything's right in the world, but could ramp up pressure on both QB hit and wide receiver drops. Oh, Sam or Johnny.
2: I'm throwing them out there, son.
1: Go on. Yeah, I think I am. Just for a couple of...
2: Um... At least at least one or two. I just don't see... I mean, I, I get it, obviously, because if, if, God forbid, someone hit him and he went down and he was out, you'd, you know, everyone would go ballistic. You know what I mean? It would just be unfathomable. The media would gobble us up. It would just be... Yeah. Oh, you can't even begin to start thinking about it. But... If, which is much more likely than that happening, if, like Johnny Prong said, they go out there, they zip a few passes around, Chase catches two or three balls, one nice one over the middle, takes a bit of a hit, gets up, fine. Burrow he goes maybe five of seven for 60 yards and a touchdown. You would go into that game, not only us as fans, but Burrow and Chase and the rest of that offense would go into that game against uh, Minnesota in a much, much better They'd be play.
1: absolutely and- bubbling, wouldn't they?
2: Yeah, and even if they had a shit two drives, if they did two drives that were, you know, Burrow was one of five for 12 yards and it was a bit shit, you at least then could be like, Mm, okay, what we need to what do we need to work on here then? What's the problem here? You know what happened? Mm, Let's yeah. try and work on it. I just think that if you hold him out, like because you don't want him to get hurt or you're worried about him getting hurt, he's going to get absolutely I mean, he's going to get hit in that Minnesota game. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, he's going to get hit two, three, four times. He might get sacked a couple of times. You know, you don't know. And I just think whatever benefit we could give to us for that game, I think we've got to be doing. It. If we're that worried, he's going to take a hit and his knee's going to be gone in a preseason game then it concerns me with throwing him out there against Minnesota for an entire game you know I just think uh, I don't know I, for me I'd be playing him
1: it's a gamble either way Nathan that's what it is I think yeah but I'm with I you just, I'd throw him in there I just for think a series
2: you've got to be and obviously I'm not, I'm not a doctor here by any means I don't know what the situation is if they're saying look you know he still needs a couple more weeks because obviously he's, there's still about another two and a half weeks to the season so obviously you know it depends on what Joe Boy is saying I'm sure Joe Boy wants to be out there I'd be shocked if he wasn't in the coach which is he is saying, look, let me get the pads on. I want to go out there and play. Um, but I, I, yeah, I just think if we're that concerned about him running in two drives in the preseason, that we're not going to give him any reps whatsoever, but yet we're willing to stick him out there, what, a week and a half later against the Vikings in a very, very tightly contested game, then, I, yeah, I'm not quite sure of the logic on that, to be honest, but...
1: Paris, Paris Pinney, at Paris Pinney, um, agrees with Johnny Prong. He said, should Burrow play versus the Dolphins? I feel like throwing him out there versus the Dolphins and expecting him to live without any preseason snaps is a huge mistake. It would also be massive for Burrow's confidence and to clear that mental hurdle before the regular season. Again, I'm with yeah, you, I but I, I understand the, uh, the caution. Uh, Mike Smith at Solid underscore Handle."
2: Solid handle.
1: I'm gutted about a sigh. A Bengals rookie getting a season-ending knee injury seems like an initiation that's gone too far. Let's hope he's back and comparing surgical scars with Burrow and Trey soon. Also, R.I.P. to Sean Locke, who created the tiger who came for a pint. Agree on everything there, Mike. R.I.P. to Sean. And if American listeners don't know Sean Locke. Here, yeah, there's uh, he's a British comedian who died uh, far too young last week, and uh, I know uh, among Bengal, he, over here in the UK he had a lot of fans. So go and check him out on YouTube. Sean Lock, uh, dreams of witness at D witness. Um, I know QB one didn't play, but the offense looked pretty ropey, and this is referring to the uh, Washington game. Allen's passing ponderous and inaccurate. Penalties, lack of cohesion. Of course, it's early, but am I right to be feeling anxious? In the sire's opinion, Nathan, sire, would you agree? I think you've already said that you were slightly. Yeah, I'm I'm slightly less worried, worried. I have to say, but um...
2: I just the listeners are sick of me saying it. son. they're sick of me saying it. I'm all in on this Minnesota game. We've got to win it. And yeah, I really yeah, yeah. I agree. want to be feeling good about it. You know, I really want to sort of feel like that offence has had a couple of decent drives. You know, Mixon scored a few touchdowns. <laughs> He's dancing. We need that, I think, just before the, the Minnesota game to give us that edge going into it.
1: Slam dunk at slam dunk the funk.
2: Solid handle.
1: I've watched both preseason games. I have a few concerns at the moment, but once Joey B is out there, things will improve. Let's see after week one before we get too critical. The D looks solid and O-line certainly looks better. Let's have some optimism, please. I I think that optimism is warranted, but there's some, you know, there's uh, tempered with a bit of caution, I think, uh, there. Jamie at Trequart Beaster. I think Darius Hodge is an absolute lock for the roster and credit to him for his hard work paying off. However, between the Osai injury, Jamar chases brick hands and the offensive futility in camp and in the preseason game, I'm not magically happy this week. Sorry, Duncan, Jamie's not joining you in the optimism. But, yeah, I mean, everyone loves an undrafted free agent, don't they? Uh, It's a great story, and if Darius Hodge can make that roster and make a difference, then it's like Chris Smith all over again, if you remember him from a few years back. Um, Martin Matthews at Dorset Bengal, how do you feel about offering Dalton the chance to be Borough's backup? Am I crazy for thinking this?
2: I'd love it, but it's never going to happen, but I'd love it.
1: Sorry, you caught me out there, swigging. Um, I thought you were going to have a longer answer than that. But, yeah, I mean, it's never going to happen. I, I think Dalton kind of fell out with Zack Taylor a little bit. and um,
2: Yeah, it's true, it's true.
1: Should be interesting to see who starts that uh, game against us in week two. Will it be Dalton or will it be uh, the new kid on the block? That
2: would be be a mad duel, that would, wouldn't it? Dalton against um, Joe Burrow. I I think they reckon Dalton's definitely starting, but you think if he has – I mean, the Chicago don't look fantastic. If he has a a bit of a shit week in week one, I think it might be Fields' job that early. So it would be interesting to see.
1: Donny at Ippidon, no sacks in either preseason game, a big plus. Gutted about the injury to Osai though. Maybe if Chase can get a pair of gloves that Orden Tate uses, then we'll be just fine. Fair point, Donny, I think.
2: I'm uh, was saying on Twitter the other day about those gloves they use. Have you ever tried have you ever tried on a pair of those gloves the NFL players wear? It's he, like having super glue on them. Like you honestly, I'm not just saying that. If you have if anyone who's had a pair before yeah. will attest to this, they're mad. It almost feels like it should be illegal. They've got this like tacky stuff on them. Yeah. And honestly, if you get a hand on the ball and you get a bit of grip on it, it really does stick there. So
1: you would get you know, a solid, I mean, hand ball, yeah, solid
2: hand on the ball, even. A solid hand on the ball. But yeah, maybe Jamar (laughs) Chase needs to uh, have a word with his gloves.
1: Okay, well, that's a new one on me. Blame the tools, not the tools man uh, in this case. Andrew Lord. Andrew Lord won. Oh, well, it seems better, more solid, despite Karma not being fit or ready to start. He did play better, though. I don't know why I'm talking in that voice, but he did play better uh, on Saturday. Defence is playing solid. Backup QB is poor. Gutted about injury to our side. He is future all pro. (laughs) Nothing like not, uh, uh, you know, kind of overreacting, Andrew. Uh, Offense has been poor so far. Really worried, to be honest, we relied too much on Borrow. God, come on. Let's, you know, I don't know. Matt Gibbs at Wakey Ram a week ago, so optimism bloomed. Felt like something was happening. A few short days later, number one can't catch. Carmen isn't ready. On our side, out for a year. Feel panic setting in. Back to normal then, eh? Come on, guys. <laughs> be sensible. It's it's only week two pre-season. Don't be too uh, worried. Governor chief at governor chief.
2: Solid handle.
1: New drinking game: scroll through Twitter, and every time you see a tweet about Chase being a bust, take a chug. It gets you drunk fast. I am not worried about him. He is going to be great, uh, but I am going to use this opportunity as a drinking game for now. Uh, That's a bit better. Just drink your way through it. Um, Aurelius FC, very impressed with the defence. Gives me hope. There you go. More, uh... The defense
2: has been fantastic. I mean, that it's exactly the exact opposite, I think, of what we expected um, in camp and the preseason. I guess, obviously, the preseason Borough wouldn't, isn't playing, but we all worried about the defense and very positive about the offense. And you know, it's going to be the what well, that that nickname that they all gave themselves. What was that? The Fabulous Five was it?
1: Uh, yeah, they're looking like and that's
2: something they probably want to forget fairly quick oh, no, at the moment that, not it's not really well. been particularly fabulous. But um, yeah, I think that the defense has been excellent. I mean, there's been some real. I play- mean, Von Bell has looked very good. Um, he's yes, been in he around. Not many yeah. people have been saying his name. Him and Jesse Bates, I think, are going to be a formidable yeah, duo. Yeah.
1: Logan back, Wilson, yeah. forced a fumble. Logan a
2: Wilson kid. and Jermaine Pratt's played quite yep, well as well. Yep, they yep, both yep. looked good, and we really needed Pratt to take a step forward, so he's done a good job of that. I think, in general, it looks like a good unit. Chidobi Awuzie. Yeah, or, playing well. Like,
1: Trey Wayne's playing he's well. Been brilliant as yeah, well. Yeah, so,
2: yeah. yeah, I think there's been some good additions on that defence. Hendrickson's looked pretty solid as yeah, well. Yeah. So, I'm excited about that then that's that's something that I think that's really yeah been a positive so if we're gonna you know we need to we need to think about that first because you know I know the offense naturally they're a bit more um firepower there, and it's a bit more sexy to talk about them but the defense has been very very strong
1: absolutely agree loving Cheetos play at the moment Trey Waynes has been sort of a bit under the radar but he looks pretty solid um Watch out for Raheem Davis Gaither. I wonder if they might use him a bit more creatively now. Osai has gone down because we saw him when he played at college. I think it was at uh, Appalachian State, wasn't it? For a, a clean David Davis Gaither, and he was—you know—it wasn't unusual f- to see him pop up on the line and do a bit of pass rushing. So I wonder if they're going to use him a little bit more creatively, not just in coverage as a linebacker, but maybe maybe on some blitzes and. Things you like you call that.
2: up Lou, my son? Tell him.
1: Well, what would Lou what would Lou do
2: <laughs> I can't wait for that to make a comeback this season.
1: Yeah, that's gotta come back at some point. And of course our offer of uh, Nate and I coming over and uh, just kind of blitzing Joe Burrow for some friendly pass rush to get him, you know, into the right frame of mind oh. is still open. You know, it's still there. It's still open.
2: he doesn't play against the Dolphins, then I feel like there's no choice but for us to get on the next flight out there. He's going to need at least one or two hits before the Vikings. Exactly. Just
1: friendly little hits, really. And uh, we're the men to provide them. Uh, the friendly Paul and Nathan, the friendly hitters, I think we'll, we'll christen ourselves. Um, here's, let's end this podcast on some positivity, shall we? Uh, New Inquirer beat writer Kelsey Conway says... Joe Burrow with the play of the day so far stepped up in the pocket, lets it rip at least 40 yards downfield to T. Higgins for the touchdown.
2: Gordon the boy. Gordon uh, the boy.
1: Paul Dana uh, echoes that. Best deep ball connection of camp uh, for Joe on, Burrow then. on Monday. He dropped on, back on, the and tossed a 40 yard dime to T. Higgins over the top of Jesse Bates and Von Bell. Perfect education for a TD in 11 on 11. Ben yeah. Baby. Jamar Chase just had a good grab along the back of the end zone during position drills. Heard at least one say, there it is, from another receiver. There you go. <laughs> it'll come together. Honestly, it'll all come together. We'll be looking back and laughing at this this insane discussion and debate about whether Jamar Chase uh, can catch or not. We will we'll be looking back and laughing when we're on the way to...
2: and regular season.
1: Amarillo. On the way to Amarillo next year. Um, Right, I think that's it for this uh, episode. Once again, many thanks to Duncan for coming on to talk about the fanzine. You know what to do if you want a copy. um, Get in touch with him. And, of course, uh, it's a final farewell to Lindsay Patterson and thanks to her for coming on to the podcast once again. We shall be back. Talking about the Miami Dolphins game next Monday night, so do join us. Uh, but until then, it is a who day from me.
2: And a who day from me. Cheers, guys.